Let's pray. Pour out upon us your spirit, O God, that we might hear your word so that your wisdom will draw us closer to you. We pray in the name of Christ, the living word. Amen. Well, today's reading from the 11th chapter of Acts finishes the longest story in the whole book. So let's backtrack a little bit and summarize at least the first half of the story. You remember last Sunday we, uh, we considered Peter's miraculous raising of Tabitha, also called Dorcas. And by the way, the last verse we read in that chapter said, they gave us a little hint of what was to come. It said that Peter stayed for a time in Joppa with a certain tanner named Simon. Well, you see, under Jewish law, the work done by tanners was unclean, the kind of thing that was shunned by observant Jews. Well, the 10th chapter of Acts introduces a new character to Peter and us, Cornelius, a centurion or a Roman soldier who who lived in Caesarea. We're told that Cornelius and his whole household were pious, Gentile, God-worshippers. He gave generously to those in need among the Jewish people and prayed to God constantly. Well, one afternoon, about three o'clock, a typical time for prayer, Cornelius is visited by an angel in a vision. The angel says, your prayers and your compassionate acts are like a memorial offering to God. Send messengers to Joppa at once and summon a certain Simon, the one known as Peter. He's a guest of Simon the Tanner, whose house is near the seacoast. So Cornelius does just that. As his staff approaches Joppa at noon the next day, well, Peter has a vision too. He's gone up on the roof to pray, but it's lunchtime and Peter's getting hungry. That blood sugar's getting low. Luke tells us that Peter became hungry and wanted to eat, and while others were preparing the meal, he had a visionary experience. He saw heaven opened up and something like a large linen sheet being lowered to earth by its four corners, and inside the sheet were all kinds of four-legged animals and reptiles and wild birds, and a voice said to him, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Peter exclaimed, Absolutely not, Lord. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke a second time. Never consider unclean what God has made pure. This happened three times. Then the object was suddenly pulled back in heaven. Well, Peter was bewildered about the meaning of this vision. So just then, the messenger sent by Cornelius discovered the whereabouts of Simon's house and arrived at the gate. Well, calling out, they inquired whether Simon, known as Peter, was a guest there. While Peter was brooding, brooding over his vision, the spirit interrupted him. Look, the people are looking for you. Go downstairs, don't ask questions, just go with them because I have sent them. So Peter and some other Christians go with him to the house of Cornelius, the centurion in Caesarea. They meet and they talk about why they're meeting. These God-fearing Gentiles accept Peter's message about Jesus and they're baptized. And that brings us to today's reading of the first 
18 verses of the 11th chapter of Acts. So listen now for God's word for us. Now the apostles and the believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him saying, why did you go to the uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them, step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw, I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came close to me. And as I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed creatures, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of air. I also heard a voice saying, get up, Peter. Kill and eat, but I reply, no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time, the voice answered from heaven, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled back up into heaven. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me and we entered the man's house. He told me how he had seen the angel standing at his house and saying, send a job and bring Simon who is called Peter. He'll give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as he began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it has upon us at the beginning. And I remember the word of the Lord, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when he, we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I? Who was I to hinder God? When they heard this, they were silenced and they praised God saying, then God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. This is the word of the Lord. <coughs> Thanks, Thanks be to God. O oh Lord, may our thoughts and may my words be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Do you ever, ever read the Bible? Do you read scripture and come away with more questions than answers? Well, let me share a few of the questions I have about our reading today. First, did you notice that the book of Acts reports this story about Peter's hungry transvision, not once or twice, but three times? First, Peter has the trance up on the roof before lunch. Then he reports the transvision to Cornelius and then the visiting Gentiles. And then, third, the, the transvisions reported to the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem. One's getting on his case about hanging out with Gentiles, eating with them. Why three times? Well, you know, they didn't have printing devices like we do. You know, we can put it in bold, you can put it in italics, and if you're really old-fashioned, you can underline it. They didn't have really bold fonts you know, like I print sermons on <laughs> They didn't have all that to emphasize something. So the main way was to show something was really important is to repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. And they did. Well, remember what the angel told Cornelius. 
your prayers, your compassionate acts are like a memorial offering to God. Have you ever thought about it? Are our prayers, are our compassionate acts, would they be characterized as an offering that honors God? Elsewhere in the New Testament it says, let everything you do reflect the love of Christ. Is that what people would say about us? And then the next question, remember what happened when Peter was brooding over the vision? The Spirit interrupted him, it says. Interrupted him and said, look, these people are looking for you. Go downstairs. Don't ask questions. Just do it. Because I sent them. So have you ever been rolling along with life going pretty much as planned or maybe kind of like Peter, maybe stymied by some puzzle and then bam, the spirit interrupts you, disrupts your life, changes everything. I look back and when I was in uh, a senior in college and applying to graduate schools and got into some, got fellowships and scholarships at some. But well, one of the ones I was really keen on was in Tennessee at the University of Tennessee. They had a clinical psychology program that really appealed to me. And I never heard anything from them. So the head of my department at Davidson called him up. And he said, we got a fellow that's got this grade point average and this SGRE score in it. I said, we never got GRE, so we didn't consider it. I paid for it, but somewhere, somewhere along the way, my score got lost. Well, boy, my life would have been real different if I had not come to Raleigh. <laughs> I wouldn't have met Betty or much less Paul and Sarah. <laughs> life would have been very different. So somehow it was, my plans got interrupted. I, I will say, not by the... SAT folks or GRE folks, but, but by the Holy Spirit. Well, has the Spirit ever called you out of attitudes of prejudice and discrimination? Has the Spirit ever told you, like the Spirit told Peter, not to make distinctions between them and us? You know, one of those favorite writers I like to read on Scripture is Walter Brueggemann. He's written that the Spirit is not contained in our preferred tribalism. That seems normal, normative to us. The spirit violates borders, transgresses our limits, makes outsiders to be insiders. Well, did you notice all the dichotomies that dominated our scripture reading? All those ways of dividing, you know, the two kinds of people in the world, those divided population into two groups and those who don't? Well, in this reading, we had the difference between the Jews and the Gentiles. They called them the circumcised and the uncircumcised. There were soldiers and civilians. There were Romans and Israelites. There were big city Jerusalemites and little city folks like Joppa and Caesarea. There's a distinction between what's clean and the unclean. And so on and so on, all these divisions. But Jesus came to unite us, to break down those barriers, to reconcile us. That is to restore our right, right relationship with God and with all of God's children. To help us realize there's no them in us, there's just us. Now do you wonder what, what Peter said? Well, before I mention what he said, I do have one other scripture that, that the writer of Ephesians told us. He said, remember that you were at one time, 
at that time without Christ, that is all us Gentiles, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having one hope or actually having no hope and being without God in the world. But, but now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. So there's no them and us, it's just us. Well, don't you wonder what, what it is that Peter said to Cornelius and his household that was co convincing? Well, I'll tell you. In the 10th chapter of Luke, of Acts, Luke tells us that Peter said, I really am learning that God doesn't show partiality to one group of people over another. Rather, every nation, whoever worships him and does what is right, is acceptable to God. This is the message of peace he sent to the Israelites by proclaiming the good news through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. You know about Jesus of Nazareth, whom God anointed with the Holy Spirit and endowed with power. Jesus traveled around doing good and healing everyone oppressed by the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him up on the third day and allowed him to be seen, not by everyone, but by us. We are witnesses whom God chose beforehand, witnesses who ate and drank with him after God raised him from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and of the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And that, that is the repentance that leads to life. Thanks be to God.